Well, Sarah Connors, I can't say that's exactly what we were expecting. Um, that's putting it lightly. Look, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Nico Rosberg winning the championship is what we're expecting. Yes. And on the plus side, the unexpected thing we're talking about is not that Lewis Hamilton somehow managed to come back and ruin it for everyone and Nico didn't win. It's just that Nico won and then Mike dropped his way out the door. Out the com- out the door of F1. He's done. He's gone. He's done. He's retired. He's completely done. What the hell? Uh, I just, oh my gosh. I woke up to look, that yesterday and was just like, no, no way. Well, I woke up and I was sitting at my computer when it popped up. And I'd been awake for maybe half an hour. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, someone's making a joke. Oh my God, it's autosport. That's not a joke. No, no, no. Um, like... But yeah, so I... we've got we've got some stuff to go over, and then we're gonna spend basically the second half of this episode talking about how great Nico Rosberg is because it's the last time we get to do that. If you're a diehard Lewis Hamilton fan, leave and you now. Do not have favorable <laughs> opinions of Lewis, uh, of Nico Rosberg. You might want to leave now. But also, I don't think there are any of you diehards with bad opinions of Nico Rosberg listening to our podcast because you would have left long ago. But as Sarah said, uh, we're going to talk about a few other things just so we can make a valiant effort to not be the Nico Rosberg show. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, everyone's favorite or one of everyone's favorite Germans and just what he did. Uh, we're going to start with our customary what's happening with women in motorsport. There's not an awful lot. We obviously have discussed recently that Simona Di Silvestro has signed with the B8 Supercars. Um, more has come out about that. She's got an official team. She's got numbers, all that kind of stuff. So that has me psyched for the upcoming V8 season. I cannot wait. The last this year's season is just wrapping up in Australia right now. So next season, we're going to have a full-time female driver in the V8 supercars in Australia. When does that start? I, for one, I think it starts around, like, maybe March. Okay. Because they used to tie it in, I think, with... It may start just after the Australian Grand Prix because they do a bit of stuff in conjunction with it. But I am fully ready to welcome our new Swiss queen. <laughs> uh, I'm all over this. Uh, I asked my mum if she knows anyone going to any V8 races, which we do. My family, some of them go to them quite often. It's like, I'm going to give you some money. I need some bonuses, semester and merchandise. Oh my gosh, let me get uh, in on get, that. Uh, I'm going to awesome. get me some t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Simona is going to be racing full-time in V8, uh, making her one of the only female racers next year full-time in a top-level series uh, around the world, which... Super excited for. Uh, speaking of another ra- uh, female racer racing full-time in a top-level series, uh, Tatiana Calderon finished the GP3 season this weekend past in Abu Dhabi. She finished the season um, uh, 21st in scorings, two races where she got a point in each race over the season. No rookie season. She's testing at the moment, which leads us to believe we're going to get her back for next season. So that's good. That's good. That's you know, she's done better than I believe any other woman in GP3 ever. So, you know, it'll be good to see what she can bring to the table next year. See if she can, you know, boost that scoring a little bit. And uh, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, We've been really happy to watch her and see her progress this year. And yeah, good. It's over. Everything's over. This is so weird. I know. It's so weird. Like, there's no IndyCar. I mean, there's still FE, but FE's really over for, like, two and a half months. Yep. Yeah, we're, you know, in, the, we're like, in the dead zone. This is the worst. Yeah. Which is great, because I've gotten super into football at the moment, and all I'm watching at the moment is football and women's ice hockey, and I've got plenty to keep me busy. Wait, football as in CFL football? I've been watching Bayern Munich play. Oh, okay. That's fine. Because I know you, oh my God. didn't I you would go never to a call CFL that game? Football. I would call that, I was meant to go to the Grey Cup final, but my tickets ended up falling through, which sucks. Oh, yeah. Um, the Grey but Cup, it that's, not, that's not even real hand egg football. Yeah, I Canadian don't know. I d- the NFL is weird. Hey, the NFL is barely any better. Um, at least we have the correct number of downs. The CFL is the, hilarious. The correct number of downs? That is an arbitrary number it's four. that someone The answer hit. is four. The CFL is stupid. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, I'm just I kidding. Love how I've watched your, I've your watched absolutist whole... American rightness. I am. You know what? No, I've watched the Grey Cup final always gets aired on American sports TV. Yeah, it was on ESPN. Yeah, so we always we always end up watching it for some reason. So 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've never watched it. I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a good time. It's a lot of old, like, American old college NFL players. Old NFL players? No, old NFL players and, like, college players who couldn't cut it in the NFL. And Hey, um, The Rock couldn't cut it in the CFL. Yeah, he was, and like, 42 at that point. Was he? I oh, no, he was no, no, no. He was, he couldn't cut it in the NFL at that point either, though. So Yeah, yeah he yeah. couldn't cut it, full stop. It's fine. So, anyway, uh, women in women tangent. in motorsports are still awesome. As the season's rounding up, there's not a lot for us to talk through there. So we're going to go straight into F1. Uh, unfortunately, we missed our Brazil episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself in hospital when we were meant to be recording it. Yep. So I was a bit like, uh, Sarah, I am currently attached to an IV. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this show. And you're like, yeah, bro, that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. You do you. Um... <laughs> Everyone's okay now. <laughs> Everyone's okay. We we're, we're back in one piece or semblance of one pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazil was very very wet. Brazil and it yeah. was not just it was not just like Brazil was not just wet because it rained like hell. Brazil was wet with the tears of hundreds of thousands of Felipe Massa oh, fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, his retirement and then his like stroll through the rain just like literally kill me um i was so sad that he had (laughs) retired in the race and now i'm so glad that he retired in that race Mm -hmm. because that moment that poignant moment where he walks back and he has the flag and he's crying and then everyone comes out and lines up to pay their respects to him Mm -hmm. like you don't get moments like that in no you really don't you don't get people like in 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 australian football and people's last games their teammates put them on their shoulders and carry them off the field and it's this like and the fans stand and applaud them and like people make like honor guards there's all these incredible moments that you get and motorsport doesn't lean itself to that i mean we got there's so drivers doing their last lap with the flag and but there's there's not that real human emotion moment no there's so much there's so much antagonism in motorsports that like the fact that all the different teams came out and like ferrari came out mercedes came out all the you know the lower level teams came out were were cheering him as he walked down the pit lane um like how many drivers can you say all the teams would come out and do that for you know like masa is just such a good dude um i you know it's a big part of it yeah 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 um, I think this grid is going to be a much lesser place without him here. Um, you know, you know. I think this grid is going to be a much lesser place without all three of I know, them that we're I know. losing. They're this all year. such like, characters. I don't know what. To, I don't know what to do. We have a grid now that doesn't have Felipe Massa, doesn't have the Massa Smedley bromance. I know. That we've oh all my God, Massa's little kid like, running around all the time. Like who is going to take that place? Massa. We don't have Jensen Button. We don't have Jensen Button and Cake. And now we've lost Nico Rosberg and Nico Rosberg and Bananas oh, and geez. Nico Rosberg and like. It's Britney, bitch. We've lost all of this. <laughs> I know. It's just oh god. So the actual F1 race, the actual race in Brazil, <laughs> the actual race in Brazil was um, fantastic. Max Verstappen. Oh. <laughs> That's the thing. Max Verstappen. If Max Verstappen never spoke and just drove like cars, I would almost just. I'd be okay that... with him, but he's such a little asshole. That I just but, can't get behind it. I know, and but but him in Brazil, I was like, this is magnificent. Mm-hmm. This is an absolutely magnificent drive. This is and the one makes... time that he actually does deserve driver of the day. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah, they were like Max Verstappen, driver of the day, and I was like, yes, this is true. You deserve to be driver of the day today. Yeah, like you were magnificent. Seriously, like terrifying on some of them. I was like, oh my, oh, wow. Good lord. Yep. But magnificent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lewis drove away with it from the beginning. I mean, as usual with the last few races, he did everything he could possibly do to try to gain back some ground in this championship, which is fine. Um, Nico drove a, a, a clinical race, like just beautifully, exactly what he needed to do. You know, didn't push too hard. Was very, you know, careful. Definitely... His end of the season was definitely the parking the bus of F1. Like, <laughs> peak. Hey, look. As I said to someone this week, I said, and and I'm sure we'll probably touch on this further in Abu Dhabi, which we're probably just segueing into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Nico Rosberg did everything both ethically and legally that he should have win that championship. Nothing he did was illegal, nothing he did was unethical, nothing he did was immoral. Everything he did was textbook, to the law, to the right, like, was, you know, yada yada yada, like, if I hear one more person tell me he wasn't a deserving champion because he didn't push the very end, oh God. I'm like... We'll get to that, we'll get to that me? after Abu Dhabi because I have a bone to pick with all of that. Um, <laughs> I have a bone to pick with everything right literally now. Literally <laughs> everything. Um... Yeah, yeah, so Brazil, I mean, pretty, aside from the rain, which threw a wrench into some people's races, uh, pretty uneventful, honestly. The, like, ti- uh, the tire strategies? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, some of that was Kevin a little Madison questionable. Kevin Madison is being like, it's just too wet for everything. The, um, like, yeah, the early, go to inters? the early calls to go on inters by a couple guys were just nonsense. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's yeah, the only like, call to go on inters. It's still and raining. The and early you, call you want to go, go inters. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, the yeah, early yeah. call to go on inters, and then the early call to go into the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was less than ideal. So, yeah, that's it for Magnuson at, at Renault. Uh, yeah, we finished. So, so we go to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. We go to Abu Dhabi. That is possibly the most anxious I've ever been in my life watching a race. Because, like, not only was I invested in the outcome of the race, but it's not like you're like, well, there's always another race. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that part where you're like, well, maybe he'll win the next race. No. This is the last race of the season, and he is this close to winning the championship, and what happens if he never gets here again? Exactly. And honestly, like... What happens? The last time time we had close to this much stress was Abu Dhabi two years ago, when there was still an outside chance that Nico could win. Uh, and then his car basically died immediately. Um, you know, he limped that car home in, I think, you know, someplace with a couple of points. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there, this was definitely like peak number one stress race. And and all he had to do was finish second or third. Yep. And he had that many second and thirds this year. You were like, nothing should prevent this outcome from eventuating. Like, this should be fine. And then, and then suddenly, just... Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen are right there, because oh my god, you know, just... honestly, you know, Lewis did. You can argue one way or the other about his his strategy and his um, you know method of trying to win this championship in that last race, um, and you can say even more about the strategy call from the from their pit wall, but he did everything he could possibly do yeah. to back. Nico up into Vettel and Verstappen so that he could possibly came, come forth. And to be honest, I think if I say that it's fine for Nico Rosberg to get second and, and aim for second rather than first yeah. to secure himself a championship, I can't ethically argue with Lewis Hamilton's tactics to try and force Nico Rosberg into court. No, of course not. And so as much as his tactics stress the hell out of me and I find them a little bit petulant, I don't disagree with the tactic. They're not even, I mean, honestly, they're not petulant because what else could he do to win that championship? Literally nothing. Exactly. So, you know, it may be, it may be questionable tactics, you know, from the viewpoint of anyone who isn't Lewis, but for Lewis, like, yeah, Yeah. dude, if that's my only chance, I am a hundred percent of the time doing that every time. And I think I, when I say petulant, I think my impression of the petulant nature of it comes less from the tactic itself and the uh, and more from the conversation that we were privy to throughout the duration of the race like the way that lewis responded to the strategy calls and this, yeah, and it, yeah, it's yeah. a very interesting it's a very interesting dynamic because when you have a championship or a situation where you have two competing priorities and one of those priorities preferences over an individual but then you ask that individual to sacrifice their individual goals for a team goal and and that team goal itself is already secured it's a very difficult situation because because it doesn't make a lot of sense honestly like it it didn't really make sense as to why you know they had said leading up to this race that you know our 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 team championship is secure we're just gonna let them race um, exactly. there was no chance of anyone crashing with Nico's, uh, with Lewis's tactics. So I don't understand why they were so adamant that he speed up. And even if they both took each other out in this situation, um, they still come first and second in the championship. 
Yeah, but like I think from if if I'm if I'm if I'm Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton backs Nico Rosberg up and puts him in a situation where Verstappen or Vettel takes him out, that's different. You know, like if if you put if you put uh, Rosberg in a situation where Verstappen and Vettel overtake him and he ends up in fourth, then. And you don't know which one of these is going to eventuate. But I feel like it's such a... It's one of those situations where I'm like, it's half a dozen of one and six of the other. Because in many ways, I'm like, this is... Like... I, they should have... They I, would not have I would not have wanted to be total. No, that's, that's a given. But honestly, in my opinion, I think they should have left it in the driver's hands. Because for one thing, honestly, if Lewis is backing Nico up, Nico should have overtaken him. You know, there, yeah, they, there yeah. were ways that they could have solved this, you know, on their own without because, meddling from the pit wall. Because, you know, the the team championship is sewn up. Like, you don't have to worry yeah. about it anymore. Let them race. Let them take out whatever tactics they want. Um, you know, even if they crash the cars, you're not using these cars again. So who cares? Yeah. You know? And because worse comes to worse, Nico and, and Lewis crash into each other. Um, and Nico still wins the championship. And who so cares? So if I'm Nico Rosberg, I'm just driving straight into the back of Lewis Hamilton. I'm like, fuck this yep. shit. We're both going down in a in a, a blaze, blaze of, glory. of glory. Here we go. I win the championship. This is beautiful. Can you imagine how like tabloidy the headlines would have been if that was the way that Nico won the championship and then he retired? Like, what a joke. <laughs> They're bad enough as it is without, you know. But how good that that Nico Rosberg Nico Rosberg's last ever pass will always be oh that pass on Max Verstappen and seriously he goes around Max Verstappen and I'm watching with one of my friends and we are I almost shrieking. had a heart attack and I'm yelling I swear I'm yelling like obscenities at the top of my lungs and there's a family that lives upstairs from where I was with young kids and all I could think of was no and as my friend tells me all the time noise travels down. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I don't think at this volume, though, that they could have not heard me because it was very, very loud. Yeah, it was, it was, oh God, I was watching by myself and my heart rate, I wish I could have like monitored my heart rate during that race because when that pass happened, I felt my heart rate just spike because holy good God. It was a beautiful pass though. Like he executed it it perfectly. And, 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 and you just, you get, that's the thing too, though. You get so nervous watching anyone try and pass Max Verstappen. I know. Because <laughs> you, you never know his understanding of how much is an appropriate space to leave and whether this person's going to end up in the grass. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad it went well. I'm glad no one, uh, no one had to worry about that. Um. I also, I was about to say, I also loved Sebastian Vettel's approach. Like Vettel in third there. And he was like, well, I was fine with them backing up because I was going to take them both. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and you're sure like, you were. Of course you of course you were Sebastian Vettel driving a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Because the moment he gets in front of you, like the moment like that's the thing. The moment you overtake Lewis, uh, you overtake uh Nico and you start coming for Lewis, Lewis is gonna remember where his accelerator is. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um <laughs> which you know what, that's fine. I'm so mad that like Sebastian Vettel is growing on me. Um like I know. He's become so delightful. I used to hate him, and now I'm just like, okay, you can stay. This is fine. I love the fact. I love the fact that Sebastian Vettel is like someone put an awkward Englishman inside a German body. Yes, absolutely. Because he's got that super Monty Python English sense of humor, and he (laughs) thinks he's hysterical. Yeah, he's not. And the only other person that thinks he's hysterical is Britta, because she's just really good at faking that expression where she actually, like, you can see in her face, she's like. I'm laughing because, like, you're my boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That poor lady. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, it all, okay, it all worked out fine. Okay, did you watch... Did you see the Abu Dhabi Facebook Live? No. Oh, my God. So, F1 is trying to come into the modern age. They're trying they to face- capture those millennials. It was brilliant! They had David Coulthard basically sitting at a table with... Felipe Massa, Jensen Button, Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel joined them, Max Verstappen joined them, and they just asked them questions. And at one point, like, Massa asked Kimi Raikkonen, uh, does he sing in the shower, or what does he do in the shower? And then Jensen starts talking about, well, you go to the shower to wash your bits, 
and then like making jokes about how long it takes Massa to have a shower and I was like I don't know if you're making a joke about Massa's bits or you're just making a joke or like and then it went on and it was like and fans could ask questions they would put them up on the screen behind them and they would ask them and it was so like off tangent like it just kept going off on just bizarre like random tangents that and David Coulthard is trying to rein everyone in and these guys are all just having the time of their lives and like Jensen Button and Felipe Massa are like Fox given zero <laughs> like Jensen Button is basically starting his own comedy talk show in the middle of this thing it was wonderful and I hope that they do many more like it because for the first one it was great it was beautifully presented like I think they had like 30 or 40,000 people watching it that's pretty amazing honestly yeah, it was really, really good. And and Max came in and they, like, they ask, like, Max, if you get him on a good day, seems to have a bit of a funny sense of humor or it's, like, a bit entertaining. Uh, but it was, it was, was really good. Uh, but we're pretty lit this weekend. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Jensen Button. Jensen Button went off the rails. Jensen Button, like, it was... the moment that race was done. It was kind of before the race was done, right? Because he was commentating during the race. Um, I'm pretty sure he, he, you know, his car died and he just went, fuck it. And, uh, you know, got on the, the drinks. <laughs> um, so they kept having him on the broadcast. And I only saw bits and pieces of it because I was watching NBC. But um, the parts I did see were pretty amazing. The, there was a great interview with him. It was him. Mark Webber and David Coulthard on C4 and then all of Jensen's family and like his assistant and all of that. And it was so funny because basically you couldn't have two people that loved Jensen Button more as commentators interviewing him. And it was just basically the bro- the funniest bro brofest going around. Like, yep, yep. and it's like Mark Webber is calling him fat and... Oh no. Like, my friend was like, well, you put on like five kilos in the last month because you've let yourself go. And then, like, Jensen is doing stuff and he's like, you're not on the TV yet. This is my show still. And then, like, they're going on. And then, like, David Coulthard makes him practice for next year, he says, which makes me hope that we get him on some C4 broadcast. He's like, Jensen, you, oh, can yeah. you throw the broadcast back to Steve? Uh, I think it's Steve. Whoever the, the guy is who. Like, can you throw back to him? Uh, and he's like, well, this is Jensen Button from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Back to you, Steve. <laughs> and I was like, please stay. It would be amazing to have him do commentary. I mean, what else is he going to be doing next year anyway? Running 900 triathlons and rally, sitting around bored. Rallycross and Super GT in Japan for a race. Mm-hmm. Um... Rallycross, like his dad, used to race, I think. A few different things, but yeah, basically running triathlons. There was a really good Red Bull spy picture this week of him talking to someone at McLaren, and it says, uh, Jacob is super excited to never have to hear about triathlons again. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's that's... that's quite funny. Yep, yep. So, yeah. So that concludes everything that isn't about... Uh, Nico Rosberg. Uh, well, mm-hmm. look, we saw a few... T- to round up a few things, we saw three last races. We saw Felipe Massa's race. I love that Williams gave him not only his Massa car, but apparently Massa loves cartoons. So they gave him this great big uh, cartoon of his career, including a reference to uh, Rob and Felipe being F1's favourite couple. That's adorable. I was like, <laughs> I saw, I, like, I, I saw a this. big picture of this, and I didn't actually like read any of the little panels. No, but... someone pointed it out to me, and it was like a thing of Robin and Felipe, and then the next to it was like F one's other favorite couple, and it was like Felipe and his wife, and I was like, oh, oh. the inference is brilliant. <laughs> um, so I, we 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 see the last of Felipe Massa, uh, potentially the last of Jensen Button at the moment. The last of Nico Rosberg throws a whole new spanner in the works. Uh, we see the last of Nico Rosberg in completely unsuspecting fashion. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about this epic mic drop. He comes to Vienna to collect his trophy. And oh, by the way, I'm retiring to be I'm a professional done. dad. Yeah, which, you know, honestly, I love him so that's much amazing. For 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're going to go out, you might as well go out on top, right? Like, obviously none of us expected it, but good for him. Like, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? His family is going to benefit from this. You know, his daughter may not have had him around for a lot of her first year, but she's going to have him around for a lot of the rest of her, you know, childhood years. And that's wonderful. Um, You know, his wife has a couple of businesses that that she will now have time to focus on, which is really nice. Um, It's wonderful. It's wonderful for their family. It's wonderful for, you know, he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. You know, he's not Lewis Hamilton. He's not, you know, never satisfied with how many championships he's got. He wanted to win a championship and he did the thing. And and I think, I think. I think that's the the thing, and I actually talk about this often in reference to hockey and hockey players. I think that there's two kinds of people in in uh, in sport and in drive. Say an F one, there are Formula One drivers, and then there are people who drive in Formula. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Hamilton is a Formula One driver. His identity is inexplicably, or not inexplicably, inextricably linked. To him as a driver. Who he is, is a driver. It's his entire yep. life, it's his entire world, it's everything. People like Nico Rosberg, their world is, is different. And their being a Formula One driver is a component of their world. You take that Formula One driver out of it and they still have this thing. And, and, and that's no right or wrong, no better or worse. Um, no better driver, no worse driver. It's just different. And I think... It's, and it's, it's really funny because, you know, Nico does this so effortlessly. Like, this is just his life, yeah. you know? If you take the Formula One aspect out of his life, obviously it's a major part of it. Obviously he grew up around it and, like, his family is inextricably linked to F1. But he has such a complete life outside, yeah. of, outside of F1. And it's so funny because Lewis seems like that's what he's trying to create for himself. But it's so manufactured i guess like he wants to be that worldly like if i leave f1 i have all these other things that i could possibly do but does he really like if you take him out of f1 like what is he i find it just i find it very interesting because nico rosberg comes across as someone who is very um nico rosberg is very like centered in himself he knows what he wants he knows what his life looks like and he's happy with it and he's got his priorities for himself straight and he knows what his priorities for himself are and people it's been interesting people have been like oh well this is a cowardly decision it doesn't give lewis hamilton the chance to challenge him and take his championship back firstly nico rosberg doesn't nico rosberg does not owe lewis hamilton anything let alone a chance to challenge him to regain his championship lewis can go and win the championship again next year like that's fine him not beating nico rosberg doesn't make the championship any less you know like also cowardly i'm pretty sure it takes bigger balls to walk away at the peak of your game and say i'm done and i'm going out on these terms than it ever does to hang around a couple more years you just have to look at how many soccer players or football players are well beyond their use by date who haven't given it up yet and are clinging on for that one last chance and i mean well think about think about all the athletes uh in all the north american professional sports who maybe have a really terrible injury at the peak of their career or get really afraid of of you know concussion issues or whatever and they keep playing and those few guys that you know take the decision to walk away you know, they always get questioned to every extent. You know, they never, you know, are very rarely applauded for their decision, which is not great, honestly. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's it's very brave to walk away at the pinnacle of your career. Um, you know, it's not, the, the whole cowardly aspect yeah. of it is just bullshit manufactured by the British media who are just still pissed that their darling boy did not win the and championship. And I think he's the other interesting part of it too. Nico Rosberg has his championship. You have to look at guys that hang on for quite a while in the career. Masses, the Webbers, those kind of guys that didn't retire till their late 30s. What kind of difference do you think it makes for some of those guys if they had won a championship? Like they would have maybe gone earlier. You know, they still continued yeah. that 
that fight because they they believe and even someone like Mark Webber who really those last four years was coming in second or third in the championship in in those last four years of his career like he contemplated retiring way back in 2011 like there was discussion that that was his last year and that was legitimate discussion like that was legitimate discussion that was held you know maybe maybe this could be his last year and he raced for numerous more years because he came so close that he still thought maybe he could do it. And it got to the mm-hmm. point where he was like, I just can't do this anymore. Maybe Nico Rosberg looks at his family and look at what it did to his wife and did to his daughter and how he missed all of that and decided, I have my championship. I don't need to I don't need to, to, do to just stick around here. Yeah, I mean, you think about guys like Mark Webber and... and um. Actually, very specifically, Mark Webber, if he had won a championship, you know, earlier in his career, he could have been such an asset to Vettel rather than, you know, a detriment. Because, you know, here's a guy who's won an F1 championship. Now he can mentor, if he wants to stick around, uh, he can mentor, you know, whoever his teammate is rather than, you know, still trying to fight with that younger teammate for a championship. The dynamic could have been so much different. Um but I think I think the difference between Weber and Rosberg is that Weber wanted to race for as long as he possibly could. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's he went to sports cars. Nico does not have that sort of like you Mentality, said. There are some yeah. guys who are racing drivers and some guys who are in F one to race, but they have other aspects to their life. Yeah. Um. You know, Weber was in it for the long haul, and I yeah. think everyone always knew that. But. But I always just wonder, yeah, like, yeah. like how much that that because Weber was never someone that enjoyed the F1 circus itself he enjoyed no. to race but it wasn't necessarily the F1 it, it wasn't necessarily F1 that he felt he needed race in because he seemed to enjoy right. the sports car experience a hell of a lot more than he enjoyed the F1 experience from a kind of like broader spectrum um, but it's also, it's, it's very interesting. Someone said they were like, well, you know, look, I hope he's made the right decision. Retirement is for a long time. And I'm like, I think he's fine. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. Nico will be fine. He's not pulling a shoe here. Like, he's good. No, 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 no. But you know what the thing is, too, that he's young enough that he could pull a shoe He could pull a shoe um, and we'd be And like... it would be nice to see him, it would be really cool to see him come back in, like, a midfield team um, and do that where he, you know, helps out another teammate. Mercedes, and... Maybe he comes back for the Mercedes Formula E team. He only has to race, oh, like... can you imagine? Well, that's the thing. You only have to race, what is it, 10 races a season, and they're... Yeah, yeah. 10 races a season, they're... Or it's 14, I think, if you count the doubleheaders, maybe. Something like yep. that. Yep, and they're all very spread they're out. Very and, you spread know, out. They're, God only knows different that that'll still be... Been. Yeah, but, you know, we don't know if that's still going to be the way it is in Season 5, but if it's even close to that, yeah, that could be a possibility. That'd be really interesting. I don't know if he's ever expressed interest in that, but... No, but a year or two, you know. he may be interested in racing again in some capacity. Mm-hmm. That's true, that's true. Um, so let's address the articles that talk about whether or not he deserves this championship. Because that is a hot load of bullshit. Sarah, I would Let like to allow you. you to make your opening statements regarding this... Argument. Dear British media, eat a giant bag of dicks. Amen. I'm just imagining. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. I'm imagining someone professional listening to our podcast and being like, "Did she just tell Hi, someone to up? eat a bag of dicks?" And I was like, "Yes." And I'll do it again. Yes. I'll do it as many yes, times as I need to before people get it through their goddamn heads that these opinions they have are stupid and wrong. Everyone's entitled to an opinion, but everyone is also entitled to an asshole. So maybe, maybe not. Um. Yeah, so there have been numerous articles and, like, fans, the Luminati are out in force saying that <laughs> oh Nico God. is I the... I heard that term. Oh, geez, yeah. The Luminati. <laughs> the Luminati, the Hamfosi. You know, it's it's any, anything you want to call them. The Luminati um, is the best. Oh, I love it so much. I don't know where I heard it, but I've been using it constantly. Um, So... I lost my train of thought. It's fine. The Luminati, uh, the articles. They've been, yeah, they've been out in force saying that, oh, Nico Rosberg is the least deserving champion because he didn't go for it all the time and he drove clinically rather than, you know, and Lewis had his bad engines and this, that, and the other thing. Okay, here's what I have to say to you. Number one, 2008. Who was deserving in 2008? It definitely wasn't Lewis. 
it was Felipe Massa. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll leave that we'll leave that on the sidelines for now because you know y'all are dumb. Um, what do you mean by deserving champion? Exactly, because that's in, the thing in, I keep coming back to. Like, what do you mean? How do you because if you just deserving? mean that, because he's not Lewis, that's what they mean. Uh, they're not gonna come out and say it, but that's what they mean. Um, he scored the most points, which means he's the champion. And get over Has- it. Like that's really all there is to it. Lewis could have had better starts. You know, Lewis drives that car very aggressively, and maybe that's why he has engine failure sometimes, because he's what? not managing his engine. Engines fail! It happens! They do. Uh, look at Nico's record for the last three years. You know, he's had his share of brake failures and engine failures and what have you. Look at Singapore two years ago. Look at Abu Dhabi two years ago. Um... The, the the engine problems have not solely been on Lewis's side of the garage, and to say that they have is uh, if you look at delusional. exactly look, Lewis Hamilton is a deserving champion. He's been a deserving champion the past two years, but in part over the last years, the lack of competitiveness between him and Nico when it's come to the final end of the season and that point gap has in part come back to the fact that Nico has had significantly more car failures over the past two seasons prior to this one mm-hmm. than Lewis had. You know, if we you just have to look at like maybe in every race Lewis won and Nico came and his car failed. If Nico had come second, the championship would have looked considerably different. But we don't discuss that because it, it like everything's like this, about Lewis. Well, I think it's also the fact that Lewis's car blew up while he was winning a race. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was a very dramatic, spectacular way for this to happen, and that started a. a, a Burn. And that's the thing also, like, like Lewis won one more race than Nico, but Nico had more consistent high-level performances. So, like... Mm-hmm. It's really a half dozen of one, you know, six of the other. Like, <laughs> what what do you need to win a championship? Do you, do, do you need to consist... Do you do that thing every what? time you use that phrase where I do, where I'm like half a dozen and half a dozen is six ticks of the other? <laughs> yes, I do. I had to think about that for a second. I'm also really tired, so it's fine. Um, Yeah, like... I think about Nico's dad. K.K. Rosberg only won one race the year he won the championship. Uh, But since he performed so consistently near the top, um, and no one else, you know, could put together that consistent of a performance, he won the championship. There is literally nothing wrong with that. It actually says a lot about his driving style and the way that he could consistently keep it up near the front. How much? Rather than how much do you love driving his engine off the? Like oh my god, his interviews the fact were so good, and and everything he he was not at the race. He wasn't at the race. He flew in when Nico was gonna win the championship. Uh, he was off somewhere else in Europe doing something. No, no they were in Dubai. Um, Him and his mom were in Dubai. Oh, okay. They, they put All them right. in a helicopter yeah, yeah. and they flew them like the thirty-five minutes from Dubai down yes. to Abu Dhabi. What a great family. I just, I love all of them. And They're so delightful. I loved his interviews. I loved the, you can see where Nico gets it too, though, because he was so eloquent and well-spoken and well-thought out. Yeah. And, and and the part where he said, I've been keeping myself out of the media eye for the last six years because this is Nico, Nico's time, Nico's championship. I'm not here. But, and, but my favorite part was the part where he said that every Saturday he would text them. Every Saturday before the race, every Saturday night he would text them and just tell them to like, like do his best and keep his foot down. And like he wouldn't give them advice. He wouldn't give them anything. He was just just good luck. And I was like, oh, you're such a good dad. That's such good parenting. Like that's that's what you should do. Like encourage your kids. Let them know that you're there for them if they need you. Don't like lecture. Uh, which is... <laughs> and I loved yeah, how he I seemed... Know. I loved his quote where he was like, I won my championship 32 or 30-something years ago. He's like... Mine doesn't matter anymore. Like, this is Nico's and, time. And he's like, but my championship, like, you have to have more to your life. That one championship can't sustain you for that long. Like, and, and how he seemed... Like, this is totally different because this is my son. You know, like... Mm. like seems prouder and more in awe of Nico's achievements than his own, which I think is just such a beautiful parental kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he really has been out of the spotlight for most of Nico's career. So it was really good to see him come out and... Because I was like, where's you know, KK? Where's KK? I know. <laughs> and then he appears and I was like, ah, And the photos, all the poor Ripkey photos of him, like, 
hugging his dad and his dad just beaming and holding him and I was like, look at you, you perfect little family. And then no, and then Vivian in Nico's racing suit, I was like, check this out. It, it made me so happy because I was like, he is like the first female championship driver right there. Like the image made <laughs> me think of that. I was like, I'm just going to screen cap this for my Someday book. we'll see that happen for real. Oh, yeah. It'll be wonderful. Um... About Vivian, did you see her shoes? I loved it. Her shoes oh, and her handbag that matched his they shoes. They matched that perfect, like, mint green that Nico uses in his, like, boots and his gloves. I'm imagining like, her oh, walking yes. into a store with a pair of shoes and then a pair of his shoes and being like, I need you to color match these. Yes. Here's my lubes. Yes. Here's his shoes. They need to be the same. I just, and yeah. I love that yeah. she, she coordinated that. She had the white dress or the creamy white dress and the... the shoes and it's just and then the photos of them and how they put her on the headset to speak to him and, and i love that and, so and the much part where he said this is our championship yeah, none of this yeah, is yeah. about him he never viewed any of this championship as about him and i really liked that you know mm-hmm. like that's you know hey lewis hamilton does lewis hamilton and that's cool and that's a different way of doing it and i'm fine with that you do you superstar like what else but i just i I'm a boring, traditional, like, I love that kind of, like, I love teamwork and unity and all of those fuzzy Me too. ephemeral And also, concepts. if you think about it, you think about it, all of the last champions have been very singular in, you know, yep. winning. It's all about them, and it's all about their championship, which is a completely legitimate thing. Jensen Button in 2011... Sebastian Vettel for four years, Lewis Hamilton. They're all they they're not I mean, obviously JB had his parents, yeah. but it's not like No, no completely. They had a significant other or like a family to share it with and all that stuff. Um And they're little It's refreshing, it's different. Like like yeah. Lewis obviously has a group that travels him at all with all the time, but we don't know who they are. But with Nico, you have Dan, you have George, you have Paul, you have like this posse who as who are like Team Nico, and they're very like publicly seen. Like I swear, George mm-hmm. Nolte just kept looking like he was crying. I was like, are you are you? <laughs> nope, he's. And then there's one picture of like the camera pans to Daniel Schlosser, his trainer, who was just necking champagne out of like <laughs> out of like those like they literally there's a thing where he like picks the cup up off a like off a platter and just skulls the whole cup straight one go and then like realizes nice. the camera is on him and it's like yep <laughs> everything is fine we're doing the and, thing and, um, and drunk nico drunk moon walking oh drinking from a shoe like did you see the picture that dan ricardo posted this morning uh and then nico's response to it Nico's res- I, my hope going forward is that um, Nico continues to let loose and shake off this very like measured media personality and just comments on F1 dumb shit on, on Twitter. Uh, his response to Dan posting a picture of him doing a shoey was lies, like lies. Like Photoshop. <laughs> this is fake Photoshopped. Um. Like, I really, oh, please. I just want him to go off and just be ridiculous. I just love and all the drunk you know he has it celebrations because he's sweaty and his buttons are down and he looks like he's been in Abu Dhabi Harbor and he's got his hat yep. on and he's, like, hugging his dad and his dad's like, oh, my son is so drunk. And he's, like, <laughs> moonwalking and crowd surfing and, like, he's just ready is, to have a seen, great time. We've seen bits and pieces of him partying before. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's so, like, in opposition to the way he presents himself to the media. So now he doesn't have to do that second part anymore. So, seriously, let's see more more happy partying family guy Nico. I hope he doesn't just fade out of the spotlight completely. Like, I still need people to check in on him every it's once funny. in a while and give us updates on his life. It's funny because I've had discussions with people before, like, when people retire, who's piecing out? Like, JB will become a reporter or, like, a, a TV personality. I'm not sure what Massa will do. But Sebastian Vettel will retire, and you will never hear from him again. Like, he will be the guy that will retire, and you'll be, like, every five years, someone will start, like, a fake rumor that he had a car accident or something. And he'll be like, no, bye-bye! Oh, I'm still just, just chilling out here. because <laughs> well, he's my... not on social media I'll be anything. over here with my DIY projects. Um, I'm really, really hoping, and I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope for it, um, that as his last hurrah, uh, he does Race of Champions. 
Nico Rosberg should absolutely do race of I don't think Nico because... Rosberg will because if he stays, Abu Dhabi is his last race, you know? Like, even though race yeah. of champions isn't, like, a thing, but I feel like he's, like... Yeah, and I think he's also probably a little bit busy for the next one. Do you know who's the most pissed about Nico Rosberg's retirement, and I live for it? Lewis. Bernie Eccleston. Oh, also that, yeah. <laughs> because you've suddenly got a season where you don't have the defending world champion. Like, the def- the champion, like, he's gone. Like, all of that mm-hmm. stuff you normally do with the world champion, you can't do because he left. And I love it so much. I know, obviously, he retired because of family stuff and because of, you know, taking care of his, his, his deal. But also, I like to think that in a little part of his brain, he's just like, yeah, this is to spite you, Bernie. And this is to spite you, Lewis. You can never come back at me for this. You can never get your revenge. I will always ha, be the deal ch- with I it. will always have got the last laugh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love the part Beautiful. where, I, look, I love the Toto Wolf-Nico Rosberg friendship. I love the photos of him, like, clutching him and, like, the fact that he was like, I couldn't tell Toto in person. I was so anxious and nervous and sad. And I was just like, oh. But let's, speaking of Nico Rosberg's retirement, uh, Mercedes and Max Verstappen on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Max Verstappen posted a screenshot of Total Wolf's phone calling him. And it was like, should I pick up? <laughs> I was also like, Max, you need to put a comma in there, because... Yeah, should uh, I pick up guys? Yeah. Should I pick up guys? Yeah, I was like, uh... Let's talk about the, the importance, importance of, of commas. commas. Yep. But... Yep. It was in a very eventful week in the world of F1. Uh, in yeah, the world outside F1, uh, James Hinchliffe came second on Dancing with the Stars, and he was still perfect. I'm so sad. He was beautiful. He was... Everyone, like... Laurie Hernandez Literally everyone that I've talked to... to no, she wasn't. Everyone I've talked to that watches Dancing with the Stars that knows that I like IndyCar and knows that I know who James Hinchcliffe is uh, has gone out of their way to, like, make a point about how much they love him. Oh, he was which, gold. You, you know, he, was, he was the yeah. breakout star of Dancing with the Stars. The thing is, everyone who knew who he was beforehand knew that this was going to happen yeah. because he is literally the clown of IndyCar and he is, you know, hilariously brilliant. Um... We didn't know he was going to be good at dancing, but we knew that people would love his personality. Oh. Um, so I'm glad that both of them kind of came together and it turns out that he's actually a good dancer. Who would have look, thought? I, look, I've met James once and I, I've told this story on the podcast before, but the, like, I just remember when he asked me what I did and I said, I, I, I was like, well, it's kind of funny. It a bit, sounds a bit stupid, but I make jokes on the internet. For a living and he's like well i drive in a circle so beats having a real job didn't you meet him in boston i met him in boston at a at last year's new year's eve party um, i'm so mad and i met him at with the bar at the same time and my friend was like and i was like nah why would he be doing in boston and then i got on his instagram and he had been tweeting about being at the winter classic i was like it's james hinchcliffe and uh, yeah, we met his yeah. sister, and she was like, come and have a drink with us. So we were like, swanned on over, and we were like, hi, we're big fans. <laughs> we really like you. And he talked to us for like a good 15 minutes. Lovely. Yeah. And but he like, was asking like what we did, and, and I was like, oh, because at the time I was running Twitter for the NHL. I was like, I make jokes on the internet for a living. And he looks <laughs> dead in the eye and is like, well, I drive a car in a circle. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, yes, yes, you do. And that's a great way to think about it. <laughs> yep, yep. He's pretty fantastic. He's so yeah, he came in second. His last couple dances were amazing. Oh my god, so good. Oh, that... Oh, Shirtless James Hinchcliffe with the, with the, like, wind machine. Oh, I laughed so hard. Yes, And Shana yes. was amazing. Shana was the best. Mm-hmm. She is flawless. I love her. Team Australia for the win. Um... Uh- she was amazing. Sarah, how long till IndyCar starts? Uh, it is. Let me look at my little counter. 96 days until the first practice in St. Petersburg. Oh, so 98 days You're not until... counting down at all. Oh, no, in, not even a little bit. News, it's also 100, 175 days until the Indy 500. I, uh, I got... am actually going to try and get to a Formula One race this year. And I was so excited. And I was like, Sarah, I'm coming to the F1 in Montreal. And you're like, oh, I'm not going. It's like, well... I'm going to be in Texas. Look, I'm, my <laughs> plan is also to come to Coda, hopefully, this year. So. Oh, good. Awesome. You should also come to Watkins Glen. 
for IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is that again? Uh, Labor Day weekend. So, beginning of September. I was, like, you're like, Labor Day weekend. I was like... Whatever, Canada. Whatever. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, I know it's, it's I need the... to get some IndyCar. I'm going to hopefully do, obviously, Toronto Indy this year. Uh, maybe I want to get up to Montreal for the E-Prix. They're all mm-hmm. really close together. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course the I'm going to Toronto... go to the E-Prix. Mitch Evans races in the E-Prix. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just was... I, I, love, I love mentioning Mitch Evans to watch your face because it just gives... Oh. It's even better than Ugh. your Mark Webber face. My Mark Webber face is more like, we know this is going to happen now. Yeah, like, I'm your not... Mark Webber face is more, this is a bit that we now do because it's a yep. bit. You know who I haven't mentioned this whole podcast? <laughs> so, uh, any Alex Rossi news, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, he's getting his face on the Borg Warner trophy in like four days. They're going to unveil that. Uh, I'm hyped about it. What's it's going to be beautiful. So It's going to be wonderful. IndyCar starts in 96 days in St. Pete's. Uh, the Marrakesh E-Prix was super fun, uh, mm-hmm. and the next race is not for, like, another 80 days. They're yeah, it's, uh, South America. I think it's Buena- Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires yep. in so. February. So, we are now into the winter of our discontent with absolutely nothing <laughs> to talk about. We have Race of Champions. We have Race of Champions, which is in America. Yeah, hey, I'm going. I know. I'm, it's gonna be great. It's in Miami. It's at Marlins Park. Um, it should be fun. I don't know if they've, I don't think they've, no, they've never done it in America, so they never would have done it in a baseball park before. So, should be interesting. I am making a giant banner for all of the Andretti guys, because there's three of them going, which is great. Scott Speed, Alex Rossi, and Ryan Hunter Ray. Uh, it should be, yeah, it should be fun. Felipe Massa will be there, um, which will be a nice way to kind of see him go out. Uh, I'm hoping... Rosberg goes. Vettel's going, I think. So, yeah, it should be fun. But that's not until the end of January. Like, we have a lot of days between now and then. I think it's like eight weeks. So, we will probably come back before then. uh, Or right after then. Because I think the first uh, series of tests for F1 is right around then, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have to admit, I haven't actually even looked at the schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll figure something out. Um, I will be on Motorsport 101. I know we have a lot of crossover listeners with them, uh, because I'll be in London hanging out with some of those guys. So that should be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, yeah. This has been a great season, and it has been really fun making these podcasts, and I'm really pumped to do it for another year. I can't believe we've we've been doing this for two seasons. We have been doing this for two seasons. We're up to... Huh. I, I couldn't remember what show number we're up to, and I was too lazy to look it up, so I just called this Good Girls episode Infinity. Yes. It's like 35. We've done Something like 35 like episodes. So, yeah. Sarah Connors, for the 2016 yeah, Formula One IndyCar... Talking about crazy shit, women in sport uh, seasons. For the last time, I am Saskia Stewart. You are... And I'm Sarah Connors. And thank you so much to everyone who's listened to us this season. Um, if you've got any suggestions for us, we're always on Twitter. Uh, you know, we have the Grid Girls account, but we're also on our personal accounts. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear, you know, how we can do better, how we can, you know... What you'd like to hear from us. Yeah. We might not listen to you, but we'll take it into consideration for sure. On that note, mm-hmm. we'll see you... See you in 2017.